Welcome back to another episode of Paying for Attention, everyone's favorite paid media podcast. I'm honored today to be joined by the CEO of Megathos, the one and only Keegan Brown. Welcome, Keegan. Thanks, Andrew. Today, we're going to be talking about keyword research strategies. Uh, kind of boring, but super important, <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh, it's the foundation of your campaigns. It's very, very important. So uh, tune in. Hope you learn something. Hope you get some insights that you can use. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. So uh, to start, we wanted to talk about some tools we use, uh, some recommendations. So obviously, the first and foremost that comes to mind is the Google Ads Keyword Planner. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the number one tool you can use. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. It has its limitations. Uh, you got to know what you're doing. Um, it'll give you suggestions that maybe you don't want. So watch out for that. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to kind of talking about intent and such. Um, but that's, that's the first one I wanted to throw out there. Do you have, do you have some that you like to use Keegan? Um, yeah, you know, SpyFu's great tool, um, SEMrush, uh, but I think my favorite one, and I, I always kind of start with Keyword Planner, like you said. Yeah. Um, there's two different ways to do it. You can throw a couple keywords in, let Google make recommendations based on those, or you can throw like a, a website or a landing page in, mm-hmm. and it'll kind of scrape that. But like you said, it, it can bring a lot of irrelevant keywords as well. Um, but my favorite thing to do is just kind of think about the business or whatever you're trying to promote and just Google it. Uh, look at the keyword yeah. suggestions, see, you know, what the results are, um, see what Google suggests. Like that's, that's right there is going to tell you what people are actually searching. Um, and uh, use a, use an incognito browser, a private browser for that. Uh, so it doesn't just remember what you search. Um, and that's, that's what I like most is just starting there. Yeah. Good call. There's also another one that is the other, I'll add to Googling it. Um, there used to be, I don't know if there still are related searches, but along those lines, mm-hmm. there's a uh, tool called keywordresearchtool.io, I believe it's called, or a keywordtool.io. Um, that's the website. Check it out. It basically uses Google's autocomplete to give you some like ideas of, of, key, uh, of things you might modify your keywords with before your keyword, make your keywords longer tail. Uh, usually longer tail means higher intent, right? The longer the search, the more intent they kind of have behind it, the more detail they're looking for, at least. Um, not always, but um, check, yeah, check out keywordtool.io. That's a, that's another good one. Um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of it for, for tools. So, so moving right along, um, don't forget Pro tip here, don't forget to use historical data if you have it. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Uh, what's better than having actual conversion data in your account, and ideally you have conversion tracking set up right, and you have conversion data. What's better than going to the search terms report and seeing which what people actually search that actually converts uh, cost-effectively, mm-hmm. ideally, right? So do some, do some downloads, filter your data. Uh, that's definitely where we train our analysts to start first and foremost uh, because... You got conversion data. Don't forget those keywords in your keyword research. So pretty simple. Anything to kind of add to that? Yeah, even even without conversion data, just seeing cost per click, mm-hmm. click-through rates, uh, how much you were spending on those keywords gives you a lot more, uh, you know, uh, of an idea of a ballpark of what you're going to be spending, what you can yep. expect from, you know, your new keyword set that you're putting together, right? So, yeah, historical performance is the best way <laughs> to to move forward with keyword research um, and definitely what you should start out with if you have it yeah don't don't start from scratch if you have some 
some data to go off of, right. definitely. So um, the next thing we kind of wanted to cover is site research, right? Uh, type in your client's website, type in your website. What does your website say? How does your website describe your products or services? Mm-hmm. Um, how you describe yourself can be helpful. It can also be uh, interesting. Like we've had some SaaS clients that describe themselves differently than people search. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in mind. Um, I, I find that especially uh, in, the, in the SaaS industry. I don't, uh, that example just came to mind. Uh, there's probably some other industries where you're, you're kind of trying to target yourself a little bit differently than people search. But um, with, without, with that in mind, I mean, uh, look at your site's hierarchy, mm-hmm. uh, your client's site's hierarchy. That's usually a, a good way to kind of segment campaigns and things like that. Um, you know, usually it'll be service one, service two, with drop downs, right? Um, talking about the different details of service one, service two, et cetera. So the hierarchy is a good place. The site map, check the site map if you have one. Um, that's another good place to get an idea of how uh, the client or your, you on the client's side uh, bucket your services, to, uh, think about them, organize them, etc. That could help in your own campaign organization. Um, ask the client questions like, are e- any of these services more or less important? Uh, think about volume when you're doing that. Think about intent when you're doing all that. Um, anything else you like to do on, on site research? Yeah, I think it's just important looking at the hierarchy on a site, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, whether it's, you know, services or if you got products and product categories, you know, men's, women's, shoes, jeans, whatever. Um, it starts to also help you, uh, one, remember that you have st- some of these services or products, right? Yeah. And if it's important to include, include it. Um, but it also helps you start to build structure, which is extremely important mm-hmm. when thinking about um, you know, setting up campaigns to run, right? And so, uh, you know, I think that that's a huge part of this is the site research, making sure that, um, you know, you're looking at those services, those products. And um, if you have a product or if you have a service that you kind of call something slightly different, kind of like you were mentioning, mm-hmm. but you want to like own that keyword, that is the area of opportunity to look at what your site or what your client's site is saying and start bidding on it and um you know make sure that you kind of own that that keyword you know uh, for those searches so pop it in the keyword planner right yeah see see if there is volume Mm -hmm. um you know don't don't just oh no i'm not gonna talk about my client's service like that pop it in the keyword planner it might have you might be surprised it might have decent volume mm-hmm. even if you've never heard of it or something like that and uh, and real quick one thing on the keyword planner is you know um i don't typically trust the volume data that yeah. keyword planner says yeah. um so just just look out there um it's just something that it's i would say it's more directionally true rather than you know if it says a hundred uh, it doesn't mean there's only 100 searches yeah. per month. It's probably much more than that. But if there's one that says 1,000, that 1,000 keyword probably gets a lot more volume. That's what I was going to say on uh, directionally. Yeah. And same thing with kind of going back to tools. Same thing with SpyFu, SimRush, right? Right. Um, pop in a competitor's website in there. Mm-hmm. Don't fully trust the data, but, um, you know, it, it. it's more for ideation, I would say, than, mm-hmm. than actual hard data, right? Right. Uh, the other thing with site research, type in your competitors' res- uh, your competitors' websites. Go to your competitors' websites. How do they talk about their services? Especially your direct competitors, they might talk. Uh, they might have some different content on their website. Read some blogs. Um, 
that, that might give you some new ideas and, and new avenues to, to explore um, if you want to, you know, compete with your with your competitors on on some the ways they talk about their business and start to take some impression share from them. They're right. likely bidding on that if that's how they talk talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, start to dig into their impression share and see if you can get some cost effective uh, leads that way. Yeah, for sure. And you know, uh, again, if they maybe are the you know uh, category leader for something and they call something kind of very specific just like what you would want to do for yourself. If they're doing that and they're kind of owning that keyword, again, like you said, trying to take a piece of that impression share. Yep. Don't let them bid on that for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drive up their costs Un- at least. Uncompeted against, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, the next one is, we've we've kind of hit on this a little bit uh, already, but it's just think, think about intent. Intent is huge, right? Um, you know, you, the whole conversation really during keyword research should be focused on volume versus intent. Um, low intent, top of funnel awareness type keywords, broad keywords are going to have a lot of volume. Typically, your your high intent, longer tail keywords are going to have lower volume. Just know what your budget, what your client's budget is. Uh, have that in mind. If it's a, if it's a larger budget, you might have to start thinking about some of these awareness-based keywords. How are you gonna structure that? How are you gonna think about that in terms of capping budgets on on those those broader ones? What you don't wanna do is have a ton of broad keywords in there that take up all of your client's budget and your high intent keywords are sitting there not not even able to spend. That's right. that's a, a big no-no. That's not how you wanna go about your account. So so think about ways that you're gonna structure your campaigns in a way to to make sure that doesn't happen, right? So focus on intent, big, big pro tip. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, um, you, you, I think you said it really well, you know, just making sure that your broader keywords don't kind of take up the entire budget, right? Um, because those broader keywords are going to get a lot more search volume. They're going to be searched first, um, you know, in the morning, as soon as the campaigns start. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can spend your entire budget on broader keywords if they're not structured correctly. Yeah. So. An exercise I like to run is just like, who would I, like, what audience would I be if mm-hmm. I was searching this keyword, right? So mm-hmm. we were talking about it earlier with a, with a, with a, a client and, we were talking about like coffee near me versus coffee shop. Those mm-hmm. two seem so similar, right? But think about it. Coffee near me is likely someone, you know, especially eight in the morning, they're on their way to work. They're looking for the quickest drive through that they can find in their area. Maybe they're on business travel. They don't, they're not familiar with the area. They want coffee, uh, coffee shop. That seems like someone that's a little bit more, um, willing to go sit down, hang out, maybe find some Wi-Fi at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. right? Just just the fact of having shop versus coffee, you know? Coffee versus shop. Uh, just huge intent difference with one word. Right, yeah. One shows a lot more intent for yeah. drive-through or mm-hmm. quick, you mm-hmm. know, in and out. One's very much more for, you know, enjoying the, the shop, right? You got to kind of read between the lines, right? Right. And, <laughs> and yeah, and you got to think about, you got to really just put yourself in the searcher's position and think, if I was going to search this, what would be my intent? Exactly. Or if I'm searching for this business, mm-hmm. what what am I thinking? You know what I mean? And um, that alone really helps structure a lot of what you're doing and understand what's going to 
drives certain results versus what's not. Put yourself in the shoes of the searcher. Yeah. Easier said than done sometimes. B2B, <laughs> yeah. B2B is a little difficult. You know, like yeah. I've never heard of the software. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I would search for it, but um, it, for, for the most part, put yourself in the shoes of a searcher. Yeah. Cool. So the next, the next kind of topic is it's another big don't forget piece. And that is key, negative keywords. Start every, or do this with every time you do keyword research. Mm-hmm. Don't forget it. Don't think about the things that might be irrelevant. Um, in the coffee shop, in the coffee shop example, um, if I wanted to bid on coffee near me, I would, and I don't want to compete with the Starbucks of the world. I would probably use Starbucks as a negative. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're here in Arizona, Dutch Bros. You know, think of all the, think of all the. Uh, potential negative uh, irrelevant terms that might come up with your keyword list and and go go from there there's there's a couple trains of thought on or there's a couple segments I would say of negative keywords uh, what's what's one that you would focus on well one I mean obviously is like a universal list right yep yep uh, negatives or like keywords that you never ever want to show up for usually yeah. um, NSFW <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And Terms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, just things that you wouldn't ever want your brand to show up for. Right. Yep. That's kind of the first first big one. Second one, I would say, is like you already kind of talked on it is uh, competitors. Right. Yep. Um, unless you want to specifically show up for them. Great. But um, you if you don't, I would definitely um, negate those. And especially if you're in a place where, again, there's a lot of Starbucks or Dunkin's or Dutch Bros or something like that you're going to see a lot of search volume for those again can eat up your budget if they're those people are pretty loyal to those brands right yeah. so it's going to be hard to get them to click a new you know coffee shop ad and and go to your place right so um, yeah i would i that would, that's would be another segment i'd look at and and along those lines like you said uh, negate competitors unless you want to show for it. But if you want to show for it, think structure, right? Yeah. Um, you you probably still want to kind of segment that out. You're you're probably gonna t- when you're doing competitor conquesting campaign, you're probably your copy is probably going to be a little bit different. You're going to be talking about you know what features you directly compete with them on. Um, you know you're you're going to want to make some tweaks to make sure. So along those lines. What we like to do is negative keywords by campaign, right? So negate brand out of non-brand and all other, all other, you know, all non-brand campaigns, basically mm-hmm. things like that. So negate competitors out of all campaigns other than your competitor campaign you're going directly after. Um, again, just kind of another structure thought. Yeah, and you know, um, when we were talking about, you know, like if you use something like Keyword Planner or anything like that you're going to get a lot of keywords that probably don't make sense. And that's a good way to also start your negative keyword list. Yeah, good point. Because you might see things like, I don't know, phone number, right? Mm-hmm. Or address or, um, you know, if you're selling, you know, products, maybe you don't want to, you know, show up for people who are searching used, right? Like yep. used cars or like used um, tools, right? Like if you don't sell used tools, you probably don't want to show up for that. People are have a different intent there. They're probably looking for something cheaper uh, than what you're selling. So maybe it doesn't make sense. So looking for those types of keywords to negate. Uh, also, you know, if you're selling things, probably negating popular um, marketplaces like a Craigslist um, or offer up and those types of, you know, apps and sites and things like that. So definitely things like that that you'd want to negate to just make sure, um, you know, you're not uh, really showing for the wrong audience. Go 
I'd suggest going through the client's website again here on the negative keyword process. Mm-hmm. What <clears throat> what tabs or, or or you know parts of their website does the client not want to promote? Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you think about those in the negative keyword list. A, a big example is like uh, clients that have some sort of like payment portal or something mm, like that. Yeah. You know, pay my, pay my bill. Um, you know, you, those Log are for in. existing customers unless you're doing some sort of campaign for that, which, um, you know, you want to negate portal, things like that. So or login, um, login is like a big one for a software. Yep. Yep. Um, there was one other one I just thought about, but I can't remember now. Portal login. Pay oh, bill. um, Oh, careers. Yeah, jobs. Um, especially yep. if you're working with a big brand. Yep. Um, a lot of people might be looking for jobs, applications, careers, hiring. Um, definitely something that I would negate unless you're running a recruiting campaign. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, yeah, that, that those are things I'd want to negate. Blog, news, articles. Yeah. Unless you're trying to go after top of funnel awareness type, unless you're targeting your blog. But um, <laughs> think about those as well. So. That's that's kind of the extent of it. I mean, I'm sure there's some some other things we missed, but th- those will get you kind of in the right place. But but Keegan, I want to ask kind of now that we have a big list, what are our next steps? Yeah, and this is where you can really make or break your your the performance of your campaigns. Um, you just did all this research. Yeah. You have negatives. You have some good keywords and all that. Um, but going back to what you were talking about with intent, um, segmenting your campaigns and building a structure. Mm-hmm that is, uh, you know, intent uh, focused. Mm -hmm. So looking at allocating the right amount of budget to those bottom of funnel high intent keywords, allocating the right budget to your competitor keywords, to your prospecting top of funnel type keywords, right? And that is extremely important. Also bucketing things uh, by like themes or if you're doing like a single keyword ad group or any way that you you can really look at things. You know, geo is a, is a very geo, big one, I was going right? to say that, yep. You know, um, having a geo set, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in, in the metro area, you got Mesa, Gilbert, Phoenix, Scottsdale, right? Um, breaking all that out and bucketing them into... Um, you know, things that make the most sense yep. based on whatever type of campaign you're running. I think that's the first real big thing. And then also thinking about the match types that, mm-hmm. that you're going to be using. Obviously, they're meaning less and less uh, as time <laughs> goes on. Thanks, Google. Um, rest, but, in pe- rest in peace, our sweet Prince Broad modified. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, thinking about how you're going to use match types and, you know, does that change your structure? Um does, do you want specific match types on on only a set of keywords versus you know a different set for others? So really looking at it that way, I think before you you know launch anything. So the two reasons you would need a separate campaign among some of the things Keegan said, you know, like the, you might just want to bucket services because you're going to talk about them differently and budget them differently. But the the two things, the two reasons you would want to break out a separate campaign is budget and geo. So just keep those in mind as you're organizing. Um, does this need a separate budget? Does my client want to spend 75% of their budget on this service, 25% on that? Break them out into different campaigns so you can budget accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. And geo. Um, do they only sell this product in three states? Do they sell this product across three states, but this product in one, right? Um, so budget and geo, those are the two big ones on campaigns. Keep that in mind. 
the other piece I was going to talk about is volume. That's a, that's another biggie we've run into, right? We have we do this beautiful keyword research. It's yeah. exhaustive. It looks great. Um, it's not too low intent, things like that. And our client's budget just can't support all that all that keyword data. And you run into the issue I said before, where it's maybe some of your good keywords are getting lost in the shuffle down there, mm-hmm. and you're 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 bad. Less in, I shouldn't say bad because you did great keyword research after listening to our advice. Um, <laughs> but your your less lower intent keywords are not showing or are showing more often than than your good good intent keywords. So consider volume. Uh, pro tips there, you know, use use keyword planner, it is directional, um, but it'll give you an idea, paste mm-hmm. your paste your keyword list in there. Uh, it'll give you a decent idea of kind of next month, what do you what does Google think you can spend there. Um, another tip there is simply launch and monitor and optimize yeah exactly <laughs> exactly right that's that's what we're paid for that's what we do so um yeah monitor uh every every new fresh campaign you're going to want to monitor like a hawk um we never launch campaigns on fridays for this reason right mm-hmm. you you want to watch that new campaign like a hawk you might not have caught every single irrelevant term i watch search terms day of next day you know like a hawk um yeah um I, I just want to go back to you thinking about volume. Um, yeah, when you when you use like the keyword planner and you have your your set of keywords, right? If there's like five keywords that have 50 times the volume, search volume as your others, maybe you should separate those in their own campaign yeah. just yeah, to control it. Yep. It might perform better, it might perform worse, but that way you can have control over yep. that and let the other keywords still have a, a chance to show, yep. right? So. Um, anytime you see big, uh, like variability in, in what performance might be, I like to segment just for more control over what's going to happen. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Good points. Well, that kind of wraps things up there. Thanks for joining us for another episode of paying for attention. Hope, hope you get some, some good kind of insights there that, that you can take with you for your next keyword research adventure. Thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.